You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials or even starting to appear on shelves or by prescription or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Future Tech Health podcast, and I have Amy Tariq. She's an author. The book is called A Life with Health, and uh, Amy focuses on promoting health and reducing illness with non-toxic, natural, and organic living, which sounds good to me because uh, I'm tired of all the uh, chemicals and additives and pollution and God knows what that's around us. So, Amy, how are you doing today? I'm well. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be on your show today, Richard. Yeah. So, you know, people in health always seem to have you know a, a hero's journey or a story that led them there. So what what's your background? How did you get into uh, looking at your health more closely? Oh, yes. So um, when I was a senior in high school, um, one night as I tried to fall asleep, I felt my heart beating really hard and fast. So hard, it was hurting my ribs and my whole chest shaking. So um finally called 911 and it was my first time ever riding in an ambulance, but unfortunately it wasn't my last because for years I struggled with this. My heart rate was 200 beats per minute. I went from a superstar athlete to somebody who couldn't even hold the conversation or brush my own teeth. Um and I witnessed a lot during this time. I witnessed, you know, how some people treat people who are disabled and who have chronic illness. And I also witnessed um, what the medical system was like. And so I, I went through so many diagnoses about cures or answers. Um, doctors didn't know how to help me. Um, so told I was just stuck like that and like tough luck. But um, hmm. I wasn't getting better. And so I only had one objective to either get healthy or to try, die trying. So I decided to just do my best to try to get healthy. So what I did was I um, I researched a lot. I got rid of all of these toxic toxicals in my environment and in my life. Um, I even got like an organic mattress bed. I addressed um, a lot of food allergy activities. Um, I tested um, myself some vitamins, all of these things. It's really difficult finding the doctor who would actually test with the hormonal and vitamin tests that I really needed to get a good idea, which is interesting because fortunately, there are professionals who don't know how to read those tests. So um, it was difficult finding 
doctors who were capable and educated to help me in the way that I needed it. And I don't mean to throughout... make you. Um, I don't mean to make you bring up yeah. uh, bad memories, but you know, I, I guess I'm more graphic when I talk about the, you know what doctors have told me or people I know. You know, they'll. Uh, did you have any of those experiences where they said you're fine? It's all in your mind, or did they? You know, again, I don't mean. To, oh uh, yes, yeah, absolutely. Bring it up, but um, I mean, were they like nasty or just completely dismissive, or what happened? The doctors were the nasty. The female doctors really helped me. Um, and I okay. realized that this happens a lot to females who are sick. So um, a lot of times, women are told that it is in their head. And what's interesting is that, um, yeah, I was told that, you know, I should see a psychiatrist, that it was all in their, my head and all of that. And I was like, actually, um, I've been seeing the school counselor for years and they say I am perfect. So we can skip that step and go right on to the next one. <laughs> but um, yes, I, um, I was definitely told all of those things. And one of my comebacks, you know, it very well could be in my head. But the problem is, is that the only person who was able to willingly make their heart beat to 200 beats per minute was Gandhi. And so if I'm doing that willingly with my mind, then I should get the same credit as Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, yeah. and so it really put things in perspective for them that it's not really something that they chooses, but it is a fight. And it's hard that you already have this illness that doesn't give you energy to fight. So what what do you uh, think was going on with you? You you said what well, your um, heart would beat very hard and very fast. Or like what were you know what absolutely. did you did so you figure it out or, time, or or yeah at the time there weren't any um, diagnoses for this situation. Um, so I kept a close eye on everything. And I had several diagnoses, but um, the one that, but the main one was um, POTS, P-O-T-S, which, you know, they still say there is no way to heal from this because I healed from it. But um, it's, it's something that they don't quite understand yet. It became a thing um, a few years after I was sick. And so, um, and so, yes, they, um, they don't really understand it. Doctors are trying to create drugs. Um, well, not doctors, but pharmacists are trying to create drugs to handle POTS. But um, yes, I I managed what to... What is POTS? My, it's, um, it's basically anytime you shift positions, your heart rate goes fast. So if you're laying down, um, it could be calm. And then if you sit up, it'll go really fast. If you stand up, it'll go really fast. It changes hmm. blood pressure. Your heart rate goes crazy. And that's the basics of it. And so, um, yeah. Um, and then on top of that, I had those other irregularities. And um, what's interesting is that whenever I moved to Florida, my um, I just happened to have a neighbor who had exactly all of the same things I had, which is so rare because she has never met anybody with it as well. And because um, it's not just pop, it's an accumulation of things. We had all the same things. But she went, she handled her situation through um, medications and now she's on um, lifelong medications, whereas I handled it through um, reducing toxins, environmental toxins, um, chiropractic care, um, yoga, and a lot of okay. other methods to um, help get that heart rate where I needed it to be, to be able to be like a normal human being, which I finally am again. But it's interesting how. She went one way and I went another way, but yeah, so 
I chose this path of healing, but, you know, if people aren't comfortable with this and, you know, they really prefer to be on medications every day, then. So uh, how much does your heart rate vary? Like, you know, before you started working on yourself, you'd be laying down and you'd sit up or you'd change position. How much would your heart rate change? Um, so if I was um, laying down, my heart rate would be about 90 beats per minute. If I sat up, it would go up to like 130, 140. And if I stood up, it would be like 200 beats per minute. Oh, wow. Yeah. And how long would so it be that it, fast it for? So good. And it... um, until I laid back down. Really? It wouldn't normalize? Mm-mm. No. So it made it extremely what would difficult. You, what would you do then? I mean, that would, that would, I mean, would they make yeah, you bedridden was, or what would it do? I was bedridden. Absolutely. Yeah. It was not hmm. a fun time in my life. It was, especially whenever, like, I was so athletic and to be bedridden um, really difficult. Wait, so what, what is, I don't know, what has medicine figured out as the cause of that? Is it uh, um, oh, they the reason the heart can't adjust? Or, so they can't, okay. Yeah, no, they, they haven't figured out any causes. Um, I personally think that it's um, an accumulation of things. So stress, high cortisol stress, um, I think um, toxic environment and putting toxins in, like it, a, basically an over overdone of toxins and inflammation. And then on top of that, um, having, not having my spine aligned because the spine is all of the nerves in your spine. It just, it can trigger anything if it's not aligned. And I know that it's sort of a taboo topic, unfortunately, still in medicine that chiropractors really, really help people. Um, the right chiropractors, not the ones that don't know what they're doing, the right ones. But um, yeah, so so chiropractic care for me was what helped me the most. I was um, I had been in car accidents, um, being as athletic as I was, I had like injuries, so I had um, my spine was not straight. It was to the point where like half of my ribs was sort of like sticking out, and I noticed that, and I would tell doctors about this, but since doctors aren't trained to actually think that alignment in the spine is even important or alignment in the body is right. important they were just saying oh well that's just how you are and i was like no it's actually really affecting it's affecting my breathing it's affecting all these things hmm. and they would just ignore it but um yeah once i saw and also like um because of all of this i had um because of being athletic and all of this i had hip dysplasia and normally right now they say there is no cure for hip dysplasia you have to get hip surgery or you know, replace your hip and um I was and doctors wanted to not only replace my hip but also replace my knees and I'm very I'm a petite girl I'm very petite they don't even sell they don't even make hips and knees that would um replacements that would actually fit in my body number one and number two I'm so young that's not a good idea and so I just kept looking and looking for you know somebody who could really correct that and um while they did say that there is um so many, so many doctors, unfortunately, really believe that hip dysplasia cannot be fixed, that you're born with it and you're stuck with it. But that's not true. And so um, my chiropractor here in Florida completely straightened me out, um, fixed my dysplasia. I've had no pain whatsoever. And, you know, it really helped the rest of my health as well. So there are so things, unfortunately, that mainstream, um, mainstream medicine says isn't possible but it is yeah well, well no i'm glad that uh that you got all that sorted out <laughs> i am too i'm so happy to be athletic again <laughs> so what um 
well, you had to get some care for yourself, chiropractic, you know, eating better, et cetera. So do you counsel other people now or are you just starting by, you know, writing this book? I mean, tell me about the book first and then we'll, we'll get into whatever else you're doing. Oh, sure. So my book, A Life with Health, it's a number one bestselling. Um, it's a number one bestseller on Amazon and it goes through um, mindset, um, why you should really be thinking about what you put in your body, the chemicals you surround yourself with. And most importantly, what people like about it is that it's people who have been sick, but are sort of discarded by society or family. And it gives them a way to tell them that you're not alone. Maybe you can be better. And so um, maybe you can get that kind of um, achievement. And that is the biggest response that I get. That part is the biggest response that I get from that book. And I've written um, another one that will be published soon with the number one biological dentist in the world. And um, that's all about the importance of having a healthy microbiome in the mouth. And then I'm writing another one with the doctor who created the word holistic and the whole holistic movement in medicine was also is also the reason why fathers are actually allowed to be present in the birth room. So I'm really excited to be working with this doctor as well. So that's, those are my babies. Wow. <laughs> that's a lot of babies. So tell me about the yeah. mouth and the microbiome uh, dentist you mentioned. Absolutely. So what's interesting is that um, a lot of people, whenever they think of a healthy body, they don't think of a healthy mouth. And so the mouth is just as important as our stomach. And only now have people started realizing that, hey, maybe we should take care of our stomach. Um, maybe we should pay more attention to it. And I don't know how long it's going to take for people to really hatch on about the mouth. But let, So let's talk about the stomach. You know how um, whenever you take an antibiotic, um, it kills both the good bacteria in the stomach. And so you have to replenish that with probiotics or um, something else to help you heal from the antibiotics. And so we've now recognized that. Most doctors have recognized that and, you know, scientific fact and everybody is catching on to that. However, um, the, benef the benefits of having a healthy homeostasis in the oral microbiome is still sort of a new idea. And so um, that's going to take a little bit for mainstream to catch up on as well. But it's the same idea. Whenever you have a mouthwash that kills all of the germs and bacteria in the mouth, you're doing the same damage to your mouth as you would be doing to your stomach by taking an antibiotic that you don't need to take. Um, people are so focused on killing germs, but they don't realize that there are a lot of good germs that are keeping you alive. So what's interesting is that whenever the homeostasis is disrupted, that's whenever you can find the bad bacteria that causes so many diseases, including strokes, diabetes, even obesity has been linked to a uh, bacterial imbalance in the mouth. So you could be eating all the right things, your hormones could be balanced, and you can say, why am I obese? And it could simply be because your mouth doesn't have the proper balance of bacteria. So it has been linked to so many things. It is so important and unfortunately very overlooked. Well, in regards to the mouth bacteria, how would you even, um, I mean, it's, I guess you would swab your mouth and uh, have your bacteria profiled, but are there companies that do this mm -hmm. specifically or is it, are they focused more on gut bacteria? Um, there aren't companies that do this specifically yet. So you would have to um, get in touch with a special 
lab tests. And um, my dentist does do that sometimes, but um, it's there are other signs to tell whether or not your mouth is in good health. But the best thing would be to stop trying to kill the bacteria in the mouth and instead trying to clean it in a beneficial way. I use the um, toothpaste that he has invented, which is a probiotic toothpaste. Um, I don't know if there are any others on the market. Um, I haven't really checked, but um, I just see has made. And um, when I first went to him, I had terrible gingivitis. And after I used the toothpaste, after just a few times, my gingivitis went away and never came back. So um, Do you have a I'm probiotic really toothpaste that. that this dentist gave yeah. you? Yeah, it's a probiotic yeah. toothpaste called um, Revitin. I love it. It's good for dogs and cats, too. That's a plus. What's it called again? Can you say the name again? Yeah, Revitin. Um, R-E-V-I-T-E-N. Oh, Revitin, like revitalize. Okay, gotcha. Yes, exactly, revitalize. He loves that word. Hmm. So, um, I mean, what are some of the things that you've learned about, you know, the microbiome of the mouth in particular, you know, from this dentist? What are, I mean, what are some of like the, I don't know, the interesting or amazing facts that you've learned? One of the fun things that I learned was that how he is actually able to tell whether or not a woman is pregnant just by looking at her mouth, the inside of her mouth, Mm. because of all of the details and symptoms that are there. So I just thought that was amazing. Um, He almost surprised his client with that information. (laughs) He just said, I think he should go take a pregnancy test. And then it turned out that she was pregnant. And so I just thought that that was so like I never would have imagined that. So that, that was a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And uh, any of the expertise rub off on you? I mean, like, you know, can you do you look at people's mouths or your own? And can you actually observe anything with your eye or, or no? Or it's not that simple? Um, I can't. I can't um, look into somebody's mouth and see too much. But I can tell just the basics, like if it's inflamed or, you know, things like that. I, I do this stuff for my husband. But um but no, I wouldn't be like a reliable per se. Oh, let me look at your mouth. Um, there are other symptoms that, you know, you would checklist off of, but um, the mouth is so complicated. It's amazing how complicated it is. And he seems to have a really great grasp on it. I, I don't know how long it would take me to really get to that level. <laughs> oh, well, you said you're writing a book with them. So what particular is oh, about yeah. the... Uh... Is it is it on the mouth and dental health and everything? Or like, what's the uh, what what part of the expertise yeah. are you contributing in the book? Um, it's um so I I just write about all of the um I took all of his scientific research throughout the years and all of the research he's done throughout the years and I put it in a way that a lot of people would be interested in reading because um, science, unfortunately, for the majority of people. They, look, they think of it as something daunting and like too hard. So I try to make it as easy as possible so that people aren't scared of it. Um, and, so, and so that's what I've done. I've just tried to make it in um, really easy to understand um, material so that anybody could just say, oh yes, I can read this, I can understand it and actually enjoy the process of learning about all of the bacteria in your mouth and how to stabilize it and balance it and do um, make sure it stays healthy. So you're translating his book into English, essentially, so that the lay person can understand? Right, right, exactly, exactly, mainstream English. <laughs> well, a lot of the scientists, you know, the, especially the ones that are great at what they do, 
um, you know, they may not be great at communicating it in a way that's easy to understand. So, you know, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to take really complex ideas, cause especially if you've been doing it for like 40 or 50 plus years, you forget how little other people know. So you, um, a lot of people like um, take it for granted their years of expertise and knowledge, and they forget that, you know, most people don't know as much as what they know. So um, it's, it's, um, it can be a challenge to really um, get down to that level. Yeah, that's a lot of work, though. So he's what, going to write the manuscript, then you're going to go through it, and then... Uh... Um, I've already written it, so we're just waiting for it to be published. So I'm excited for that. I'm saying, did he? Did you interview him and then? Uh, oh yeah, I, you wrote um, it, I or did he write him. it and you translate it? I wrote it. Yeah, I interviewed him. I um, took all of his research and just put it into an easy-to-read um, material. And yeah, he had, um, and he would look over it and just give me a thumbs up. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, he did all the research and I did all the fun stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that's great. So, yeah. and then the the next one you mentioned. Uh, oh, first of all, when's that one coming out? What's the title? And then what's the uh, the um, next book that you worked on? It this so it's coming out. Oof, I don't know when it's coming out. And the title we are still um, changing it. So I can't give too many details on that. And then the other one, I also don't know when it's coming out. And um, we also haven't had the title. But yes, the other one would be Holistic Doctor. Um, this one I'm so excited about because this doctor has completely changed um, medicine as we know it. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, um, this doctor in the beginning, fathers weren't even allowed in the birthing room. Um, it was so, it was, the whole birthing experience was very medieval. And then it, it's crazy all of the, how birthing used to be before, um, how little rights that women had over their own bodies during the birthing process and, you know, the options that they had and all of that. And so um, now, you know, fathers are allowed in the birthing room to have a lot more options. They can have a birth plan. Um, But also this doctor decided to create the word holistic and the whole holistic movement because, um, because the doctor, she realized that, um, medicine that was being taught was just too focused on the body it wasn't focused on human as a person so human the h of human as a person and then also the spirit which is the emotions and mind of the person that all contributes to healing so that's why they chose h instead of wh and um it was just it's an amazing to be connected to that and to really get to um see how she um decided that and all the things that she's done in medicine since then okay well, well very good that's a it's an interesting niche you found to help uh you know professionals write these books is that what you think you're going to keep doing um no after after this book with her i'm done writing books um i'm going to i already have um like a lot of courses on my website that i hope to um to encourage more and more people to join and um Eventually, I want to just keep working with these professionals to get this word out about all of these options that, you know, we really have that mainstream is very limited. There's a lot more that science has proven to be true, but that people might not be receptive to because it's new. 
but just because it's new doesn't mean that, and it's not actually new, it's ancient knowledge, but we're just now rediscovering it all. Um, but just because it's not mainstream doesn't necessarily mean that it's all pokey pokey. <laughs> okay. Well, well, very good. Uh, so, Amy, you know, we don't know when the books are coming out, but you know, hopefully soon, sooner than later. So what's the best way for people to get in touch with you and find out more and get on your list so they know when the books are coming? Absolutely. Um, I have a Twitter, a Facebook, and an Instagram, and it's just my name, Amy Tarek. And also I have um, my brand is called A Life With Health, which is just like my first book. And so I can be reached through any of those methods. Okay. Well, very good. Well, Amy, I appreciate it. And uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. Likewise. Thank you, Richard. You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials, or even starting to appear on shelves, or by prescription, or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you.